Christmas bell was crying. Then Santa heard it say, I just can't sing. Welcome to episode 272, The Bell That Couldn't Jingle. And the source material is Burt Bacharach's song, The Bell That Couldn't Jingle, as performed by Herb Alpert at Christmas of 1968. And the song came extraordinarily afar to make an imprint on my own thinking this weekend in such a way that I hope it will actually speak to you about the way God can speak, the way God does speak, and um, the non-narrative and non-expected and counterintuitive way that he actually does speak, if it's God. And yet how it happened, I'm going to tell you, not to draw attention to myself, but to, um, because that's not what this is about. It's a witness that will, I hope, encourage you and um, give you a sort of way of looking at your life that is um, whole and... um, unified and monergistic, to quote David Browder, and yet also um, has credibility because of the very song, The Bell That Couldn't Jingle. What is he talking about? Well, you won't be surprised when I say that it happened in connection with Paula White. Please don't immediately say, oh gosh, I can't stand it. Not one more time. But um, the the point is actually most striking. And when you hear me out, please hear me out, you'll be, um, I hope, uh, converted. Because I go this weekend to hear her at her annual conference called Unleashed, which is full of a tremendous Pentecostal intensity. And you could say a lot about it, and you could be very critical of it if you were coming from certain worlds and certain places. I find it very uplifting. 
albeit occasionally formulaic. And um, in the context of this, there was a brilliant inspired singer named Kim uh, Walker-Smith, of whom I had never heard, who was utterly um, life-stamping in its uh, the power of her voice, the conviction of her feeling, and the lyrics of the song she's written. But what happened was, um, as always, I go to this church with a problem. I always go with an inward question. Lord, speak to me in this particular area where I'm struggling. I'm not going to church to have a experience of community, good as that is, and much community there is there for me. But I'm going to receive an answer from you, God willing, a resolution, or at least a response to some kind of agony, or at least inner question mark that has pervaded the week or the day. So I go, and um, fully expecting it to come out in one form, it comes out during the offertory words. Well, in the service, um, about 30 minutes into it, she gets up and makes what you might call the pitch for the offering, which I often, when that happens in that church, I tend to, my eyeballs roll, my eyeballs roll back because I just, um, the, the approach to money there is something that I just have, a, I have so many associations in my head of Elmer Gantry that I just sort of have to pretend I'm not there, but I'm wrong. I'm wrong because she gets up and in the very brief time she says, you know, I think I have a word about, about you today, about, about the listener, you and your uh, approach to your lives. And it has to do with the breaking of cycles. She said, we're here at New Destiny to see the Holy Spirit and to witness to the Holy Spirit and to ask the Holy Spirit to break chains. And I immediately think of all the chains that I have. And I think of Fleetwood Mac's famous song sung, belted out by Stevie Nicks entitled, uh, You Can Never never, never break the chain on rumors. And there's such truth to that. There's so many chains that we would like to break and we've pled to have broken and they don't get broken or they only get broken for a period of time. But she said, but I want to bring to you this possibility that instead of it being a repeating chain or a a constantly uh, repetitive boundness. Consider it possibly a chain um, uh, that has like a cycle, a cycle that has to go full circle, a cycle that goes full circle. She said, You're, the chain that you may be having tonight is really a, a, a cycle that simply has to go whole circle because after all, she says, in the beginning is the ending and often in the ending is the beginning. Now, I don't know if she meant to quote T.S. Eliot. I, I'm not sure if, if She's really conversant with T.S. Eliot, but I do know that T.S. Eliot, if he were conversant with her, would fly 5,000 miles or sail 5,000 miles to hear her. The religious aspirer T.S. Eliot would be sitting at her feet and not the other way around. But she says this, and I said, oh, my gosh. I've been trying to break a chain, the breakage of which or the breaking of which is going to actually come by the integration of its being a oneness, the chain of my life from birth to college to ministry to family to marriage to retirement to failure to missteps to terrible disappointments, wounds and hurts to uh, to um, uh, all the different things that flesh is heir to that I feel. And uh, there was a powerful note in that uh, word that she gave. And I said, oh my gosh, I've been spoken to in the offertory words by a counterintuitive word about the oneness of the cycle, not the breaking of the cycle, as the completion and oneness of the cycle. Because as you end, you see the same yearning for love, the love starvation, to quote uh, Les Jackets and uh, Nick Lowe's new single, the aspiration for love that animates everything you do and always has and is the powerful oneness of your life. And it's legit and 
good and fine, and what's the angels do? That's what the angels have. So I'm ministered to, and then Kim uh, Walker-Smith sings beautifully, and at the end I drive home. Now Mary's not with me that night because she couldn't come the first night, only could come the second. So I'm driving home alone on a relatively, for Florida, central Florida, relatively quiet road from Apopka, Florida, to where we live. And um, usually at this point, songs hit me, associative songs, all sorts of songs would hit me that would tie into that. And you would have thought, I would have thought, looking back on it, that a song like McCartney's The Long and Winding Road would have hit, or Dave Mason's song, Full Circle and Then, which is really good. But not. That's not what happened. Stick with the empirical. Don't stick with what ought to have happened or what I would like to have happened or the narrative which to be fulfilled would have involved this or that association at the time. That's always not true of God because God is not a narrative. There's a, there's a love underneath underneath God which is a kind of a narrative. <clears throat> you might say before Abraham was, I am something like that, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is an underlying person, if you want to use that, to call it the narrative of the capital N, but no narratives, please, not conceptual narratives. So I'm driving home, and a completely different song hits me. And that song is The Bell That Couldn't Jingle. Now, this song comes out of nowhere. I mean, I know the song, but I haven't listened to that song since Mentone, Alabama vacations years ago. And the song comes, and this is what the lyrics of the song say. A Christmas bell was crying, and Santa heard it say, I just can't seem to jingle, and I can't go on the sleigh. Then Santa soon discovered the reason that it cried. The bell that couldn't jingle, it had nothing there inside. Then Santa said, Jack Frost will bring my Christmas gift to you, and on Christmas Eve you'll jingle just like you were brand new. Then Jack Frost froze a teardrop, so each time that it swayed, the bell that couldn't jingle, it went jingling all the way. Let me repeat the key line. Then Jack Frost froze a teardrop, so each time that it swayed, the bell that couldn't jingle went jingling all the way. Well, what does that say? It says that the answer to your problems is very profoundly and very often the freezing of the teardrop, the objectifying and seeing and coming out of yourself so you can see it, the pain, the wound, the sorrow, the disappointment, the loss, the disease, the lost opportunity, whatever it was, the missed opportunity, the failure of love, the failure to be loved, the desolations of life, and that's the teardrop. And Santa froze the teardrop so it could be seen, you might say, by the bell. The bell is us, the bell that everyone has a, a, a a song. Everyone has a, a something to be. Everyone has a song to sing, a, a chime to ring, and the teardrop, having been heard, having been listened to, having been objectified and uh, detached from you, comes out and bang, the bell can ring, and that's the human personality, and that's freedom, and that's healing, and that's the most powerful thing I've ever heard in my life, bar none. I'd had an experience like that before with her. So the vehicle by which the full circle of your beginning and your end are healed as a oneness from God. The vehicle by which that happens is when the power of God, in this case Santa, freezes the teardrop. And the teardrop, the sorrow, which is now detached from your person and not associated with it, and is out, is out. The pain has come out. The pain is released. And at that point, it becomes the very agency, the very object, the very instrument by which the song is sung. And that's true of many of us. That's true of all preachers who are preaching out of their pain, the passion of Jesus Christ. That's true of artists. It's true of being the anvil. De Coligny said that the Huguenots were the anvil of God. They suffered so much that they became an incredible witness by virtue of the hammering that had gone into their bodies and minds and spirits. Well, that's what I wanted to say. I hope it speaks to you. Life is one fullness, one completeness, and the... uh, 
the 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 agency uh, the healing element by which this occurs the the treatment by which it occurs which Freud called and psychoanalysts have always called abreaction and it's a good term it's out the pain is out and as long as the pain is out, my friend David Valencia, who is so wise and so concise, says uh, in relation to a last uh, recent podcast I did, he said, Paul, pain, when it is not heard, listened to long enough, becomes the agent of terrible things. Terrible actions, horrible crimes even, can uh, be the result of pain that is not listened to for a long period of time, i.e. sublimated, and then it comes out in some terrible form of expression that is, uh, quote, unsafe, end of quote, insecure, and often malicious. Now, that's my point. I hope you'll get something from it. I hope you've uh, appreciated it. And may, This is the God who we cannot uh, push into a narrative, and yet he is absolutely there. I know that nothing is impossible, and every chain's unbreakable. Now we hear Kim Walker-Smith. I know. Thank you very much. Presence of my enemies when the storm is crashing down on me. I will trust in what I cannot see. I wait for you. I wait for you. You can part the violent sea. You can reach the depths of me. Hold 
Ready?